Now, this title this morning, Empowered versus Enabled, about three weeks ago, I was praying, which is a good thing for pastors to do, eh? Pray, reading the word. And actually, actually, so I was in prayer, and, but I believe it was actually in the midweek prayer when prayer was going on here, the midweek service. So I'm at the midweek service. I'm not on any duties. I, I don't have any assignments, but I'm here to pray. As I'm praying, I felt the Lord say to me, empowered versus enabled. And I thought to myself, Lord, that's a great title. He says, it's not a title. It's a message I want you to preach. Amen? And so I want to talk to you this morning about empowered versus enabled. Now, this could change your life if you get hold of this. If you can understand what, the, what I, this message, this could be a game-changing message that would change your trajectory of how you get information and how you live your life, and how you make decisions. How many of you could say, I could use that? I could. I need it every day. I need to make decisions based on the truth and the word of God over any other opinion on the face of this earth. And I need to do that every day. You know, we got news yesterday of a, a pastor, one of our former pastors, wasn't much older than me. But you've heard me talk about the cowboy pastor that helped us get to Bible school. How just big cowboy boots and how he just, he just paced back and forth. And he'd never have a note, but he'd spend three, four hours with the Lord before he preached. And he'd pace back and forth. And he wouldn't look at you. He'd just declare what the Lord said for an hour or so. But he got us to Bible school, him and his wife. They were just about to celebrate... On Friday, they were starting their services for a weekend of celebration of the 20th anniversary of their church in Barrie. And he suddenly just dropped dead. We don't know exactly what happened. We can assume it was a massive heart attack. But I thought to myself, first I started feeling a little sad, which you should. There's a grieving process. But then I couldn't help but feel joy. Because Pastor Paul was a cowboy. He lived all his life, no apologies and no swerving to the left or the right. Ever since we knew him, it was Jesus all the way. If you wanted any other opinion, you wouldn't get it from him. And I thought to myself, hey, Paul, you're with Jesus now. And I know he heard well done. And I thought to myself, yeah, maybe it went a little young, but they got there in pure victory. You lived your life empowered, never enabled. And you know what? As much as I, I'm going to the, the celebration of life and I want to celebrate, and we contacted Pastor Debbie, his wife said, whatever you need, we want to help you. But I couldn't help but feeling joyful. Pastor Paul, the cowboy preacher, is with Jesus now. Amen? 
And some people would say, I don't understand a thing you're talking about. Where are the tears? Where is the sorrow? But see, Pastor Paul, he lived empowered by Jesus every day. Never turning to the left. Never turning to the right. And I think I got a lot of that from him. I think he imparted that to me. There was something about those first three months at his church where every time there was an altar call, I was there. And he was laying hands on me. He was casting out. He was putting into me for three months in the morning service, the night service. And one, one day I showed up with a brand new suit on. That's when he used to wear suits to church. I had a brand new suit on. And, and he did an altar call. And I said, Lord, I'm not going up today because I'm going to fall and ruin my nice new suit. How fleshy. Lord says, you get up there. Amen. Sure enough, that was one of the hardest, hardest, was just down on the floor I've ever had. I couldn't even get up for minutes. Amen. Are you going to live empowered or are you going to live enabled? Now, this is the message I have for you today, and praise the Lord. See, the, 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 the word we've been hearing a lot, and the theme about this year is to live empowered lives. Have you caught on to that already? Pastor Brian's been teaching, live empowered. But what the Lord talk, to started talking to me about a few weeks ago, he started saying empowered or enabled. Empowered versus enabled how are you going to live your life see the word of faith the word the word and faith in jesus and understanding in the kingdom of god that's what empowers us say empowered say by faith i'm empowered i'm empowered to live my life on this earth see it empowers us to victorious living even say even in these times See, a lot of people say, oh, this is really bad. Oh, this is really bad. What am I going to do? And that's what people, even Christians are saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, almost like a little, little cartoon. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, and people are saying, what are we going to do? You're going to do the very thing you've always been taught and trained to do. You're going to pray. You're going to read your Bible. You're going to pray in tongues till you got enough faith to believe for what you need. You're going to tithe. You're going to stay in covenant. You're going to, you're going to do everything exactly the way the Lord has taught you to do it. You're not going to go to the left. You're not going to go to the right. You're going to go straight down the narrow highway all the way to heaven. Amen. That's called the empowered life. Amen. But see, there's two systems that operate on this earth, isn't there? We've talked about it very often. The one kingdom that runs by faith that God is involved with is called the kingdom of God. And you'll hear much about the kingdom of God this year because it's impossible to live the empowered life outside of the kingdom of God. Amen. But there is another kingdom called the world the system of the world. Amen? Or it's called secular humanism. It's all about 
the people. It's not about God. It's all about I can do it on my own strength. I don't need God. That's the way most of your neighbors are living. That's the way most of Canadians are living. I don't need God. The government tells us don't you don't need God. You just need you just need us. We'll take care of you. That's what a good socialist government says. You don't need anybody but us. We will take care of you. Amen. And, and, and as people get weaker and weaker in this nation, more buying in, more robotic, so to speak, they buy into that belief system that the government will take care of us. It's true. It's true. Go back to see what, what happened in, 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 in the time of the Soviet Union. See what history tells you about communism and socialism. And that's the attack on our, our lives today. The news, the government. You might as well know this is happening. Amen? There's pushback happening too, praise the Lord. There's major pushback happening on this earth right now. But that's the two systems. You're either going to live in the kingdom of the world or you're going to live in, in the world system or the kingdom of God or the world system. And let me just put this in. The, the kingdom of God will empower you and the world system will enable you. Amen? Now, it's important, you see, because I, 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 you know, I, I want to make sure I'm right about this. So here I am. I'm saying empowered, enabled. But then I go to look up the definition of enabled, and you know what the definition in the Oxford Dictionary of enabled is? Empowered. And I said, Lord, did I miss you? Lord, is a synonym, enabled is a synonym or means the same thing in the Oxford Dictionary as empowered. It actually uses the word to be empowered. And I think to myself, Lord, have I missed this? I can't preach something until I know I've heard from you properly. And yesterday morning, lying in bed, the Lord says, check this out. And I got on my phone, I got in, and here I, and I saw it. Here it is. Enable can be a positive or negative. In psychotherapy <laughs> and mental health, enabling has a positive sense of empowering individuals or a negative sense of encouraging dysfunctional behavior. How many people know which one we're talking about now? See, that's what the world does. The world system wants to encourage. Have you ever, have you ever seen and, and, and seen and maybe you've encountered that where, where, where someone is a drug addict and they're a drug addict and they have someone in their life and, and they're, they're having a really hard time. They say, I just, I just, I just need, I just need another, another shot, another fix, another pill. And you know, that person knows I shouldn't do that. But they find it for them give it to them, and enable them to draw closer to death. Someone who eats too much. Amen? Someone who eats too much. And they know they're eating too much. They're eating all wrong. But the partner, they say, just, I just need four Big Macs. If I just, I just, I'm just having such a hard day. Just get me four Big Macs. And the person that knows four Big Macs is not what that person needs. 
But whether it's screaming, whether it's yelling, whether it's criticizing, I don't know what it would take. But they go off and get them four Big Macs. And they're happy for 15 minutes. And then no one's happy after 15 minutes. That's called enabling. And we have a system of the world that will enable you into dysfunction and weakness. And you have to choose today what system you will live by. Amen? Now you say, Pastor, this, you're getting pretty wild about this because I love you. We love you here. And we know that on this earth, we're going into some troubling times and they're trying to get you more and more dysfunctional every day so they can do what they want to do on this earth. And you got to say, what? No. Say no. No. I got Jesus. I got the kingdom. Jesus overpowers it all. Amen. Now watch this. Now let's find some scripture. Praise the Lord. Amen. Acts chapter 1 verse 4, uh, four and, and 5 and 8 are seems to be our foundational scriptures this year. Verse 4, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, I want us to put some things together here. Amen. Once when he was eating with them, having, having fellowship, he said, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. And then in verse 5, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So the gift is obviously the baptism and power of the Holy Spirit. True? We can bring that together. All right, because I want to make sure you see that this is scripture. This is truth. This is the plan. And then he says in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So let's bring this all together. The gift is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the power. If you're going to live empowered, you got to live empowered by the Holy Spirit, and that's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's speaking in tongues, baptism of the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to run the show in your life in your home, in your personal life, in your business. You have to allow Holy Ghost to run the show. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, I got a couple of scriptures. They don't even have them in the back, but I, I love these scriptures. In Mark chapter 8, verse 33, when, when, when uh, Peter was kind of rebuking Jesus, not a good thing to do, but he, Jesus says, I'm going away. Peter says, no, you're not going away. Peter says, get behind me, Satan, because he knew Satan was trying to get Peter. And here's what Jesus said in, at the end of Mark 8, 33. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view. That got me. Many years ago, I saw that in the NLT. You look it up yourself. 
8.33 at the end. You are looking at things merely from a human point of view, and that's not good. Mark 10.27, Jesus looked intently at them and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. See, if, you're, if you want the impossible to become possible, it's impossible, humanly speaking. The only, possible, the only way impossible becomes possible is through faith, empowerment of the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God. If you want impossible to be made possible, it's only by faith, empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. Now, I want you to see how important this is. It is important to embrace the life of faith. Amen. Now, watch this now. Jesus taught his disciples in Luke 10, 19. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. Amen? Who said that? Who said that? Who's, whose words are those? Jesus. Jesus said, I have given you all the power over the enemy and nothing will injure you. Nothing can hurt you. Amen? Then look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 16. In addition to all these things, hold up or lift up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Now, I, many years ago, I was down in Texas at a meeting, and Bishop, uh, Pastor Keith Moore was preaching this, and he challenged us 1,500 pastors were there. He read these two scriptures, and he says, do we believe the Bible? Do we believe the Bible? And he challenged us as pastors, why are you keeping making excuses when things go wrong instead of taking our authority and fixing them? See, it's so important we understand this, but see, the world will enable us, and even religion will enable us, and even some other churches will enable you to think differently of the truth of God. Remember the first time I heard about healing? Pastor was preaching on healing, and he says this way. He says, you know, there's some people believe that God heals everybody. There's some people who believe God heals nobody. Well, I believe God heals some people. Well, that's as much of a cop-out as nobody. See, if you don't find someone who's saying, you know, I believe God's will is to heal every person who's sick. Any other opinion than that, and you've been enabled, distracted, and weakened from the truth. Amen? Amen? Come on, give Jesus a big hand. He heals everybody. He wants everybody to be healed. I can tell you, I just can't, well, I can't tell you. I don't know when I did my last funeral in this church. We've been here 25 years. We're in our 25th year. And I'm not very good at funerals because I do so few. And someone said, how come you do so few, so, so few funerals? Because almost everybody gets healed around here. Amen. Amen. We talk about marriages. You know, I know the statistic, 50% of all marriages end in divorce. 
Linda and I have done a lot of marriage counseling, but we've only had two divorces in 25 years in this church. Why? Because every other marriage gets healed. Why? Because we believe in empowered, not enabled. Never know, never remember friends of ours many years ago, they were having marriage trouble. So they went to a marriage counselor who was divorced. And what did they get? Divorced. You better find out who's feeding you the information. You better find out who's talking to you and what they're about. Amen. You better stick with Jesus because he's the only truth. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But I was challenged by this many years ago. And I said, do I believe it? I challenge you. Do you believe the word of God? Do you believe this word? Because you know what? You live, talk, make decisions based on what you really believe. You can't say, oh, I believe it, Pastor. I believe it. I believe it. Okay, let me check your checkbook for tithing. Jerry Savell, one time, Lord says to Jerry Savell, he says, he says, he goes back, he says, <laughs> Jerry Savell, he says, Jerry, Jerry, you need, don't speak in tongues enough. You got to fix your confession. Jerry Savell's the general in the faith. Jerry says, Lord, I pray in tongues more than almost anybody. I'm a faith preacher. Brother Cope is my best friend. And the Lord says, Jerry, do you want me to play back the last 30 days of your conversations? No, sir, I repent. See, because our conversation and how we spend our time is truly what's showing in our heart what we really believe. How much social media how many people are influencing you? Where you're getting your information from? Yeah, I know, I know what Jesus says. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. But, but so-and-so said if I take this and this and this and turn around sideways and twist around backwards and spin three times, I'm healed. Are you doing that? Yeah, I'm trying it. I see. you just prove what you believe. Amen? you got to watch your actions always prove what you believe. I know some people call me extreme, and I am. Some people say, you're one of those fundamental Christians, aren't you? Absolutely. Some people say, you're, you're just narrow-minded, the narrowest of all. Yeah. Amen. And I make no apologies for that. I'm also super blessed. I'll be 68 this year, and I'm not on any medication. I'll be 68 this year, and I'm happier, and I'm blessed, and getting more blessed every year I live on this earth. I don't have any stress. Amen? I don't have a care in the world. I have no offense or unforgiveness towards anybody. And everything I do seems to prosper. Amen? You're darn right I'm narrow-minded. You're darn right I'm extreme. Because this has been working for me for 34 years. God's never missed a beat for 34 years. And everyone around me, I look, they're missing the beats. There's so many people in my, around that are missing the beats and going through. They're anxious, worried, fearful. They're this, they're that, they're that, they're that. And I'm just kind of cruising through life, having a good time. Well, I say, what if something happens? What if you confess like this and the devil hits you hard this week? I'll still stay in faith, and I'll come out the other side. Amen? 
Well, what happens if you're like your friend Paul and you just drop dead and, and you go, I'm going to heaven to be with Jesus. I'll see you when you get there. Come on. See, the one thing the world enables you is the fear of death. If you fear death, you fear everything else. Amen? Because my friend, I remember hearing this years ago. Someone says, I'm scared of flying. You're not scared of flying. You're scared of crashing and dying. An old farmer, Brother David, you'll love this one. Old farmer, he's my second father. After our parents died, these two, these two, this couple kind of took us under their wing and became kind of our second unofficial parents. They had a dairy farm. And Bobby, he was about a few months older than me, about a month older than me. And uh, anyway, so his dad sent him up the side of the barn to fix a light on the side of the barn on a 40-foot ladder. Well, Jack was a character. And so when Bobby was up there at the top of a 40-foot ladder, kind of fixed his light bulb, Jack starts shaking the trailer, shaking the ladder on him. And Bobby let out a few expletives, <laughs> even to his father. And, and, and Jack says, don't worry, Bobby. It's not the fall that hurts. It's just the sudden stop. <laughs> Amen. Well, see, I'm not scared of falling. I'm scared of falling, of hitting the ground and dying. Amen. But we've got to recognize where we're at to get to where we have to be. I've got to move on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, are you getting something out of this this morning? We were doing praise and worship there, and Brian was doing the announcements, and I had a big smile on my face. And Linda says, why are you smiling so much? I said, I'm just happy about this message. I'm just so happy about this message. Amen? All right. All right. I was going to joke around, say, is it hot in here? But I want to show you, I'm wearing a special shirt today. See, it looks like a black T-shirt. Yeah, you'd be surprised what can be on the back of a black T-shirt. Amen? Now, this T-shirt, Pastor Adam and me received each one of these when we graduated our Bible. We used to have a Bible school. We graduated our students, and we're having some fellowship, and they each gave us one of these T-shirts. And I want you to, I want you to, I'm going to take my, my coat, I'm going to read, and then we're going to put it on the back. I want you to see this, because I think it's kind of fun. Amen? So this is the, this is my t-shirt at the back. Guys, put up the picture. That's what they gave us after teaching them in Bible school. Because that's what they received from us in Bible school. Amen? Pastor, because hardcore devil stomping ninja isn't an official job title. And you know, that's really, and with no apologies, what I want you to become. I want you to become that. You can take it down now, guys. I can have fun with it. I praise the Lord. Isn't that fun? It's important that we embrace our faith life. We have been empowered to live as witnesses. And see, so, so when you look at Acts 4 or Acts 1 verse 4, Jesus says, Jesus says, don't leave Jerusalem until you're in, you got the power. That's what he's really saying. 
And this is what I'm saying. When I read that many years ago, the Lord started speaking to me. And he always started saying to me like this. So I, I have my, my, the Mike Welch interpretation. Don't even think of living your Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't even think of living your Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. Next to salvation, you should desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, Pastor Linda, she has a great testimony, but she got baptized like 15 minutes or a couple minutes after she got saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost. She's got a great revelation of baptism in the Holy Ghost. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You don't speak in tongues. End of the service. Flood the front here. Pastor Linda will pray for you, and you'll all be speaking in tongues and baptized the Holy Ghost, getting into the power that you need to live your life. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. But look at this now. Let's look at the Holy Ghost. Why do we need the power of the Holy Ghost? Because John 16, 13 tells us he will lead and guide us into all truth. Holy Ghost does that. He will lead and guide you into all truth. So whenever you need to know what to do, he'll tell you. And all you got to do is say what he says. How about this one? John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, who is your helper, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you, your, bring you your remembrance all the things I said to you. So here's the Holy Ghost will teach you everything you know. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll teach you. And one of the greatest things is in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 11, are the gifts of the Holy Spirit where he empowers you. That's a whole other teaching. But he will empower you. He'll flow through you to, with great power, supernatural, miraculous. The Bible says like a dunamis, dynamite, explosive power. Amen. I want you to see how important this is. That we have the Holy Ghost to empower us. Here's what I found out over the years, my friends. You were never designed and never made able to go through life without the power of the Holy Ghost. That's why our society is feeling so hopeless right now. That's why there's so much pain out there. That's why there's so much, so much anxiety, depression, sickness, all the suicide going on, all the hopelessness out there, because you got a whole culture that's been told, you don't need God. You are a God. You can do it on your own. And they're failing miserably. But us Christians who embrace the power of the Holy Spirit are rising up in the power, in the blessing, in healing and health and, and just seeing ourselves empowered. And that's God's plan, you see, because we're his witnesses. Our job as a church and as individuals is to witness to those hurting people, not saying, oh, you're hurting because you don't have God. No, I've got the solution for you so you don't have to hurt anymore. That's the, that's, that's the purpose of the church, you see, is to show people by your witness of your empowerment that, and then teach them and tell them how they can get it too. That's why this church should have no empty seats, 
We should all be bringing people. And so many of you are bringing your friends to church right now. It's just, it's just so beautiful what's happening. But do it some more. Let's go to two services. Let's go to three services. Let's have to add some more chairs. Let's fill this place with telling people about the empowerment they can have. They don't have to live dysfunctional, enabled lives anymore. Amen? Let's make it happen. Let's do it. Praise the Lord. Now, I just saw this. I just saw this this week as I was finishing reading the book of Matthew. At the, and then the, at right at the end of the book of Matthew, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, is called the Great Commission. It's one of the most important three verses that you should know in the Bible. Amen? It's so important to understand that everything around your life, my life, and the church life revolves around the Great Commission. Some people say, if I could just have a ministry, I'm going to give you your ministry today. The Lord may fine-tune a little bit, but this is the ministry of every Christian. Amen? Jesus said, verse 18, Jesus came and told his disciples. This is after Jesus has been risen from the dead. Before Jesus went up to heaven, he says, I have been given all authority. There it is, in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go make disciples of all the nations, that's the people of the world, baptizing them in the, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach them, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given them. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And I know I've studied this, this the Great Commission, but for the first time about a week ago, I saw in verse 20, if you can put verse 20 up again, and be sure of this. That's a guarantee. That's a guarantee that we will be empowered. Jesus says, all power has been given unto me. And what this is, a, Jesus says, and, oh, come on, this is a, be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know what he's saying in this great scripture? You can be sure of one thing and one thing only on this earth. My name, I gotcha. In faith, I gotcha. No matter what's going on, I gotcha. Amen? Praise the Lord. Matthew and Mary, Matthew and you are doing pre-service prayer. I had a word for you guys. Don't worry. No, watch this now. Watch this now. Fosca's here today. A number of years ago, Felix and Fosca had to stand without wavering, empowered by faith, for a year and a half, Fosca, for, his, for their children, for one of their children. And I would visit their home. Fosca would feed me. It was wonderful. But she's the one. She, I say Fosca's the best cook in the world, by the way. Anyways, but, but, but we'd go there. And we'd put, we'd put uh, cloths underneath beds for miracles. We'd go to hospitals and we'd pray and do deliver. We'd do whatever. For a year and a half, Fosca and Felix would not waver on one thing. It was Jesus is going to fix it. Amen. And Fosca, what happened? He fixed it. Amen year and a half, and I learned 
That's how faith works sometimes. Are you guys getting the message? Here's what the Lord told me while you were praying, Matthew. He says, remain faithful. Because every once in a while, I give someone in this church the assignment to remain faithful as a witness to the rest of the church how faithfulness always gets the breakthrough. And you guys have remained faithful through some of the hardest times you've ever faced. But God says, do not waver and don't let any doubt come in your mind. I'm not with you. I am using you as a witness for the rest of the church. Like I use Felix and Fosca to, to witness the rest of the church. So they can learn how they have to live by faith. And it's not always a cakewalk. It's not always easy. But God is always faithful. And that's a thus saith the Lord for you guys. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I had to get that in. Lord, I said, Lord, you tell me when to put that in the message. He says, now. Praise the Lord. It's amazing when you have the Holy Ghost. Amen. Okay, I got four minutes to finish this sermon. I'm almost there. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I'm having fun. I hope you are too. I hope you're getting challenged. The message is a challenge. Amen. But the message is to bring you hope. And then it's, it's supposed to give you abilities. And if you have any questions, as Pastor Brian said, we got lots of people on staff here to help. You can make a phone call. You can make a text. You can call in. You can get an appointment. I love one-on-one. -on -one. I was meeting with a fellow this week, one-on-one, -on -one, and we met for two hours, and I preached at him for two hours. He says, you preached at me ever since I got here. I said, yes, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the preached word of God. Amen. I don't mind spending two hours preaching to somebody. I can preach to a bunch of to a church full or I can preach to one. It's just push, play, and go. You'll preach. Amen. Hallelujah. What's the preaching that, that breaks through? Let me keep going. Praise the Lord. You can be sure of this. I'll always back you up when you use the authority of the name of Jesus. Amen. How about Matthew chapter 6, verse 10? This, is, this blew me away last year. I kept meditating on this, right in, the, right in the Lord's prayer. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you get that? On earth as it is in heaven. Do you know what we're supposed to live when we're kingdom people, faith people, empowered people? We're supposed to have faith that we are going to live our life on earth is like it will be in heaven. Oh, I didn't get many of that. Praise the Lord. See, see, because you don't believe it. Because you get caught up in all your circumstances and you don't believe it. But Jesus already said it, so you might as well accept it because he is truth. His word is truth. His word can never fail. And the more I meditate, you know what I did? I went out and bought a little a scroll thing with a little thing of the Lord's Prayer. And I put it up in my house so I can look at the Lord's Prayer. Because sometimes our faith people, we think it's religious to do the Lord's Prayer. You should see, if you ever haven't heard a message of what's in that Lord's Prayer, you'd memorize that thing and say it every day. Amen. See, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When did you enter heaven, by the way? When you got born again? That's when he turned, he started for you in heaven. And that's why this says you're supposed to, you're supposed to live by faith as if you're already in heaven. Live in the blessing. Amen? Praise the Lord. Oh, well, I, yeah. And then it says here, Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, 33. Don't worry. <laughs> What's the whole world doing? 
worrying. And what are we supposed to do? Not worry. Amen? So don't worry about the things saying, what should we eat? What should we drink? What should we wear? Verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows you all your needs. So seek ye first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Amen? See, my friends, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Now, this is good to know. Because if you're worried about your bills and you're worried about your clothes and you're worried about your food and you're worried about this and you're worried about that and you're worried about that, then guess what? We've done a great thing today. You have to recognize I am an unbeliever. And that's not to condemn you. It's to challenge you. Because you, you have to go from unbelief to belief. You have to go from world to kingdom. And if 2024 is your year to make the switch, flip the switch, this could be the greatest year of your life. If this message has, has, has challenged you to flip the switch, this is the greatest message of your life. And I like giving you great messages that change your life. I like 15 from years from now when someone says, Pastor, when you said flip the switch, I flipped. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. All right, all right. I'm done, but not quite. But okay, I want you to see this. We have to make the choice. And where's the choice start? With Jesus. Where does the choice start? It always starts with Jesus. You might be online. I especially like you rewatch folks. Because you're watching because you need something. You might be here today. This message might have got you thinking. It might have got you bad. But the truth, the Bible says, will set you free. And all truth on this whole planet Earth is settled on Jesus. Jesus, I'm the way, the life, and the truth. Nobody can get to heaven without me. Amen? We have a prayer coming up on the screen. I call it the prayer of salvation. What it really is, is people recognizing, I need Jesus. And us using this prayer as a practical tool for you to ask Jesus into your life. And 34 years ago in November of 1989, Billy Graham on TV recited a similar prayer. I prayed that, not knowing anything. But I woke up Friday morning knowing my life was changed forever. Didn't know what. I just knew it was. That's what I want for you today. You might have served God all your life. You might have served God, but now you're backslidden. You've, you've let the doubt, you've let the dysfunction of this world change your opinions. You might have never accepted Jesus Christ ever before in your life. This prayer is for all of us. This prayer is for you. It's for me. 
even if it's just asking God to forgive you of a sin, this prayer is so powerful if you make it powerful, if you let it be powerful. Let's say this prayer together. Jesus, thank you for paying the price for my salvation. I ask you to forgive me of every sin. I repent and I'm purposing to change the way I think and live. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, help me learn about you and grow in this kingdom lifestyle. I declare you're my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Amen. Oh, my friends, if you said that for the first time, Jesus has come into your life. If you're backslidden and you said that, you've slid back home with God. If you just needed forgiveness, he's granted that to you once again because he is a good God. My friends, make Jesus the center focus of your life once again. Make Jesus and his empowerment your source of lifestyle. Challenge yourself this year to be who God's called you to be. Study the word. Be in covenant with your tithe. Pray. Be the person. Do everything God has told you. Don't have any other opinion outside of the Word of God. And you will find yourself empowered by the Word of God. Amen.